and welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is your host, Sarah Hart Unger, and this is a podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. Today, we are going to talk about a topic near and dear to my heart, which is reading. We will delve in a little bit into reading habits and how my reading habits have changed over the years, as well as some tips I've discovered to help me bring more reading into my life. And then I am going to discuss four reading journals or book journals that are on the market, and we'll compare each of them in case you are looking for a little bit of planner style inspiration to help you track your reading for this year. All right, so we are kind of nearing that back to school season and we are exiting out of summer season, but I am still really, really enjoying the tail end of summer reading. I have always really enjoyed reading. As a kid, I was like the kind of kid who would check out 10 library books and my ideal Saturday would be maybe a gymnastics class and then come home, close my door, and read like six, something like six series books or like kid books. Like I didn't necessarily read anything highbrow. I truly enjoyed Babysitter's Club and Sleepover Friends and Sweet Valley High and Sweet Valley Twins and like God knows what else, as well as some more elevated classics from Judy Bloom, things like that. But I was still reading what I found fun and I really loved it and it brought a lot of joy to my life. And even today, I think of some of my favorite characters from those books and they feel like people who have actually added real dimension to my life or who I've learned from or have been influenced by. So I've always loved reading. I've always felt very close to reading and it's one of my favorite pastimes because it's like an escape, but it's also active at the same time. I guess that's kind of hard to explain, but for those of you who are readers and love reading, you probably feel similarly. I definitely fell out of the habit of reading as much for fun when I entered college. I went to a liberal arts school where there was a lot of reading assigned in any non-science classes, and my science classes took up lots of time, and of course, I was trying to get good grades because I wanted to go to medical school, and so... Reading for pleasure did not take up a large sum of my time during that period, but I found books again probably midway through medical school when someone, I don't remember who honestly, but someone introduced me to Haruki Murakami and I just started reading all of his books, one after the other, like 10 or 12 novels because he had published a lot by the time I discovered him. And I feel like that kicked off like the second phase of my adult reading life. In fact, I would say back then I was reading more literary titles, even than I'm reading now, and I just really enjoyed books again. I've always felt like reading is a bit of a tell in my life. When I am reading things I love and reading regularly, that's usually a sign that other facets of my life are going well and that I'm happy and feel well cared for. And when I'm not reading, it's usually because I'm in sort of a life slump. And I don't know exactly where those arrows of causality go. My guess is that it's a little bit bi-directional and that reading does contribute to me feeling better and living a more well-rounded life, as well as the fact that I'm less likely to read when I'm not feeling my best. Well, this year I had a little bit of a reading slump again, and I think an accompanying life slump. This was around maybe March or April of 2022. And I don't know, one day I just, I think I was approaching my birthday and it's been kind of a weird birthday journey because I turned 40 in May of 2020. I'm 42 years old right now. And I felt like that big milestone birthday just got kind of like buried under a sea of 
angst about COVID and what we were allowed to do and what we weren't allowed to do and the uncertainty of those times. And I feel almost like I had like a delayed midlife awakening is what I called it later this year. But as my birthday was approaching, I was just like, I love to read. I need to figure out how I can bring back reading in my life as a positive force and a regular habit again. And I just started doing it. The two things that I will say helped me to bring that back. And by the way, I never stopped reading. I just went from reading like my usual four or five books per month to reading like one to two or getting stuck and just not reading every day. So I never stopped entirely, but I stopped doing it the way that I feel like reading serves me. And the things that re helped me start are number one, just picking books that sounded really, really fun. This was around the time that all the summer reading lists come out, and I love the concept of summer reading, though the truth is we can bring the same aspects of summer reading into reading in our entire year, which is just choosing books that are fun and appealing and have interesting characters and take you to fun places and not necessarily choosing for, you know, what's considered some sort of literary achievement or, you know, just what all the critics are talking about, but instead just going for books that like you hear that others have truly enjoyed. And to me, that's summer reading. And I started putting those kinds of books back on my list. And the other thing I did is that I re-embraced the Kindle and electronic books. I really prefer paper. You guys know I love paper in all aspects. And so that shouldn't be such a surprise that I really enjoy reading real paper books. But you cannot beat the convenience of having multiple volumes loaded onto your e-reader. I have a Kindle Paperwhite. My husband, who is kind of often tries to avoid all things Amazon, has a Kobo by Rakuten that he just got and he loves. And I also read through the Kindle app on my phone. Often when I'm laying in the bed at night when my kids are going to sleep, I'll get into my reading routines in a second. So sorry, that's a little teaser there. But I discovered the Libby app, which is a way of getting titles free through your library. I live in Broward County, Florida, and we have a ton of titles available. And it's just wonderful to be able to put my anticipated choices onto a wish list and see them pop up and get to download them for free. I still purchase some books in part because I really want to support authors that I love. So I definitely have not stopped buying books entirely, but I kind of do a combination. And since I do tend to read when I'm kind of in my real reading phases, five or six titles a month, that can get really expensive if you're always purchasing every single book on paper. So yeah, that has kind of been my dual pronged approach to reading more both just choosing books purely for fun and enjoyment and also just letting myself do it electronically. Okay, so what are my current reading habits? Every morning, I tend to start my morning routine with about 15 to 20 minutes of nonfiction reading. That doesn't necessarily mean dry reading. It could be a memoir. It could be I was reading a series of books on stoicism, including like a trilogy by Ryan Holiday, as well as another one that I really enjoyed. And now I'm reading a memoir that was recommended from by the Modern Mrs. Darcy podcast, which is one of my favorite places to find books and her blog as well. Yeah, so just something like inspiring that's not a novel is what I tend to turn to in the morning. And then in other pockets of time, as well as in the evening, I read novels. And often, again, I find them via friends for a book club that I'm in locally has been some inspiration 
through the Modern Mrs. Darcy podcast and blog or just personal recommendations from others or how I tend to find my novels. Plus, I have a number of authors where I basically will read anything they write, like Leanne Moriarty. Again, not necessarily the most literary or highbrow, but I am never disappointed by her books. I always find them just really fun and enjoyable. So I don't even need a recommendation when they come out. I just go ahead and reserve them or buy them. So I read during random pockets of time, especially if I'm really enjoying what I'm reading. Like if I've finished with all my patient notes and I've eaten lunch and it's not a day I'm trying to go for a walk, I will read for 15 or 20 minutes on my phone before my afternoon patients get started. Or I might read when I am, my kids are watching a movie and I have no interest in watching whatever they're watching and I'll sit on the couch with them and read my phone. I do tend to be the kind of person who can easily zone off into their own world and is not bothered by outside distractions. So it doesn't really bother me to sit there while their movie is going and dive into my book. And I get a lot of my reading done because my kids still really don't like to go to bed on their own. They really like a parent to lie with them. And that often means at least 30 minutes lying horizontally in various kids' beds while I scroll on my Kindle. And I used to scroll social media, but you guys know I don't do that anymore. And so it's been much more, honestly, fulfilling, rewarding, and calming to just go to my Kindle app and read whatever novel I am working on. So how do I track my books that I'm reading? I love to track. You guys know I don't necessarily think everything in life needs to be tracked and there are downsides to tracking, but I do enjoy kind of knowing what I've read and being able to look back and pick out favorites and recommend them to others. I know a lot of people use Goodreads. I have not. Part of it is that like I feel like If I started that now, it would be such an incomplete record and I wouldn't get credit for all the books I've read in the past. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's been one reason I haven't wanted to join. But also I do have my blog and I keep all of the books I've read since 2020, 2019, maybe 2020 on there. So you can, you know, see all the titles and I keep count that way as well as have like not really a rating system, but I have a little heart icon for books I really, really liked and a little check mark for books I liked a lot, just not like up to the heart level. And then I also in the past couple months have been tracking the pages read each day of my novel and my nonfiction in my daily duo because, you know, I don't have a need for a bunch of redundant monthly calendars. And so monthly calendars are great to use for habit tracking. And I just decided this would be a fun use of that spread. And I've really enjoyed filling it out. And I do feel like it helps to reveal trends a little bit. Like if I notice that, hmm, I have only read like 10 pages over three days of a book, that might be a book that I need to abandon because I probably don't enjoy it or else I would have read more of it. By the way, I do abandon books on occasion. The completist in me definitely goes against the impulse to do this and I don't abandon a lot of books. But if I've gotten a good 50 pages in and I'm just finding the whole experience a slog, I will move on. I would say I abandon like two or three books a year. So it takes a lot of dissatisfaction (laughs) for me to want to go ahead and just move on, but it does happen. And that does help me from getting into that kind of rut where I'm stuck on a book that I'm really not enjoying. I think the reason I don't abandon more books is because I have such great sources for book recommendations that I rarely hate a book that I'm reading because... I don't know, people recommend really wonderful things. And just to give you a little taste of what I've been enjoying with this summer's reading, I'm currently reading The Hotel Nantucket by Ellen Hildenbrand. Oh my gosh, this is such a fun book. Like I wanna read it all the time. I have read a couple others by her, but this is my favorite so far. I loved Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. 
I loved Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus and also the American Royals series by Catherine McGee. Just really, really fun. I've only read two because the third one is still on the hold list at my library, but I think it's actually just about to be available. So hopefully I'll get to complete that soon. So that's been kind of this summer's reading and a few books I have really enjoyed. And with that, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and I will be right back talking about some book journals. Today's episode is brought to you in part by PrepDish. Getting a healthy dinner on the table is certainly challenging at times, and as we're simultaneously navigating summer travel and our back-to-school routines, using PrepDish has been a lifesaver. It's just one less thing to think about. The summer recipes have been fantastic. We loved this week's coconut lime chicken with rice and kale, and there have been a lot of grilled options. We love the super fast menus, but she has additional plans too if you have specific dietary needs like low carb or gluten free. I have to admit, I'm super excited for the transition into fall recipes. I know there'll be lots of delicious stews and pumpkin on the horizon. The founder, Allison, is offering our listeners a free two week trial to check it out. So, this is a great way to see if the plans will work for you. It might be a great addition as you're building that back-to-school routine. So check out PrepDish.com slash plans for this amazing deal. In addition to the super fast menus that I love, PrepDish has gluten-free, paleo, and low-carb options, so there's truly something for everyone. Again, that's PrepDish.com slash plans for your first two weeks free. If you give it a try, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick and what I'm hoping to wear all season is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from Protein Plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. 
That's code PLANS50, P-L-A-N-S 50, at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I am back. And what better thing to accompany my discussion with reading would be a discussion of some of the beautiful reading journals on the market. So I have four of them here. I've taken some notes on them and I'm going to do a mini flip through, not a super long flip through because we're already, you know, halfway through this episode and I don't want it to be an hour long. And there are four of them, but I'm going to hit some of the highlights So that maybe if you're in the market for a book journal, one of these will stand out to you. All right. The first one I have here is the first one I've had on my shelf for a while. It's called My Reading Life, a book journal by Anne Bogle, who is who I mentioned previously, the creator of the Modern Mrs. Darcy blog and the What Should I Read Next podcast. I've actually had the pleasure of interviewing with Anne on Best of Both Worlds, the other podcast, and I even got her to choose some reading recommendations for me, which was pretty thrilling. So she is a lovely person. But that said, I, you know, aside from meeting her that one time, I'm just more of a consumer of her stuff. I love her podcast. I love her recommendations. And I purchased this book, I think from Amazon, maybe a year or so ago when it came out. It retails for $14.99 currently and is available on Amazon. And it is a nice, compact, hardbound book. It has a really nicely bound spine and then I can get it to lay flat quite easily, which, you know, when you buy journals that are not released by planning companies, but more come from like book publishers, I found binding to often be a really problematic element, but they definitely put thought into this and this book does lay flat nicely, which made me really, really happy. I would say one of the highlights of this book is it has one of the most numbers of book lists. It does have a very cute little rainbow colored habit tracker in the beginning that goes from January to December. So this would be a great book to use over a calendar year. And then this book is filled with book lists. And because I am very confident that modern Mrs. Darcy or Ann Bogle really knows her stuff from my prior recommendations from her. I would take these lists very seriously. She probably put a lot of thought into them and I have rarely been steered wrong by a recommendation of hers. So there's like lists of mysteries and love stories and children's book for grownups and more. So if you're looking for a reading journal that is full of, you know, inspiring selections to help you choose what to read next, this is a wonderful choice. I also love that she includes a list of seasonal selections because I love seasonal reading, like reading fall type books in the fall. And she has a bunch of like personal development books for for winter. I I just love that. So um, and honestly, as a consumer of those types of books, the ones that she recommends here are like, it's just a fantastic list. So she did a really, really nice job with her book recommendations. I will say she's going to have to put out future editions of this book because I think this was published maybe in like 2020 or 2021. And of course, any book that has come out since this was published is not going to be on this list. I'm sure she will come out with future editions to address that. 
All right, so after our book lists comes, we have our habit tracker and then our book list. Then there's a section for to be read where you can kind of put the books that you're excited to read on there. And then comes your reading log. And this is a really functional layout for the reading log. It has rainbow colored edges with little stripe kind of a motif, which is very aesthetically pleasing. And one thing I will give her a huge shout out is that she did choose to put a very faint dot grid in the background of these pages. You know this is something that's very, very important to me. I want to be able to write neatly in a journal like this, and I can't stand when there's just blank spaces. So she did a wonderful job putting in that dot grid. I know that she is familiar with bullet journaling, and so that's probably where she was inspired to do that. And I just give her a huge thumbs up for including that. And then there's a space to put when you've started, when you've finished, memorable quotes, and some ratings as well. And then after you have 100, so that would certainly be enough for me. Again, I tend to read like around 50 books per year, so I could probably make this last two years. Maybe I'll start it in January 23 and see if I can, you know, make it last <laughs> through 24. And then there is some more book lists in different kind of categories. I guess I'm not totally sure why she put these book lists separate from the book list in the beginning. I might have put them all together, but... I still think it's great. And then there is a list of audiobooks um, for those who love audiobooks. And then finally, a little blank area for your favorite quotes and favorite authors, a borrowing log so you can remember who's borrowed your books or who you've borrowed them from, some reflection pages, and then an index. So overall, I did test the paper. I didn't extensively test it, but I tested it on a couple of my favorite pens and it was nice. There wasn't a ton of bleed through. The pages are not super thick, but they certainly feel nice enough and they're not super slick or smudge prone. Just a super functional and very compact, cute little book. It would make a wonderful gift. And I think the strength of this book is in its amazing recommendations as well as the nice functional layout for recording books. There's also a blue satin bookmark and it does go all the way to the edge of the page. So it would be, you know, it's very functional in that way. So again, that's the My Reading Life book journal by Ann Bogle. It came out a couple years ago and is available for $15 on Amazon and I'm sure similar prices at other book retailers. The second one I have is called the Bibliophile Book Reading Journal, and that is by Jane Mount. This was gifted to me, and one really cool thing about this one is that it's just the most beautiful illustrations. This is a full-color illustrated book, not on the log pages, which are black and white, but on these cute little illustrated pages that go throughout. And also like the cover has like renderings of book covers and the books that they chose, I was just so happy to see some of my favorites. They put a Murakami book, The Wind Up Bird Chronicle on the front cover, as well as Americana by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. I mean, like to have both of those up there with Jane Austen, like made me incredibly happy because I love both of those books. And so I am very attracted to the look of this book. It also lies pretty flat. Um, I'm not sure the binding is quite as lay flat friendly as the last book that I just went through, but it does seem to lay pretty flat with a bit of kind of urging from my, my palm and breaking in the spine. And again, just gorgeous, full color, adorable bookish illustrations throughout. I mean, you could honestly like take some of these pages out and frame them they are that nice and there are some of them have like really great kind of senses of humor to them like there is a picture of book food that includes key lime pie from a Nora Ephron title and butterbeer and Bernie Bott's flavor beans from Harry Potter like just really really thoughtful and detailed and cute 
The log itself, there are space for 65 books. So that's more in line what I would read in a single year. So in that way, I guess it does fit me a little bit more. And they're on the regular pages. There are lines. So there's no dot grids, but there are lines. So it's easy to fill them out. And there is space for the title, some notes, some quotes, your rating, and there's the date you've started and finished. So kind of similar data that you'd enter to the last reading log. So I would say this book is great for someone who is just dying for lots of bookish, beautiful, full-color illustrations. And because the illustrations have stacks of books in them, there are a lot of book recommendations in those stacks as well, although they're not really categorized as much as the way that they are in the, the last one. Although there are some pages where it will say like mysteries, novels of the 1800s, bookish people recommend. So there are some categories and some lists in this one as well. All right, the third title we are going to talk about is the My Reading Adventures, a book journal for kids. And this was also created by Ann Bogle of Modern Mrs. Darcy fame. And this actually was just released like a week ago. This just came out. This one was sent to me complimentary from Ann and her team. She sent it for my kids. She even sent two, knowing that I had at least two readers and that there would be fights if we didn't have enough of these. So that was really, really nice of her. This book is adorable. It's soft cover. It has a cute little library card in the front with like a little reading challenge, which I think is just the most darling thing. And then it has a lot of the features of the kind of adult book, including like a little reading habit tracker and a lot of book lists, which I'm actually going to have to go through in more detail and peruse and kind of get my library hold list ready for the year because I'm always looking for good recommendations for the kids. I think it might have been helpful to include like what level each of these books are at, like just because it's hard for me to know what might be appropriate for my fifth grader versus my third grader, etc. But I can certainly look that up and just having these recommendations is very helpful, especially because they are categorized. And then the pages themselves are once again, really, really functional and simple. She kind of continued that same rainbow motif I saw in her adult version where the sides of the pages are different colors and it kind of varies throughout the book, which looks really nice. And then there's a space to put how the book made them feel that they just check off a rating in smiley face terms when they read it. And then areas for my favorite quote and the best part. And she has a dot grid in there and it's like a nice wide dot grid to accommodate kids handwriting. So very, very nice job with that layout. There are spaces for 90 books. And in here, I feel like they must have wanted 100. And then they were like, no, that makes the book too big. So we'll do 90. I mean, who knows? I'm just speculating. But 90 is a great number. I don't think my kids get through 90 books in a year, but maybe they can use this for a couple of years in a row. And then in the back, they get to write the best books they've read, books they can't wait to read. And it's just a really, really nice book. And we're going to take a quick break because I am going to have my 10-year-old give her personal review right now. Hi, this is Annabelle. I'm 10 years old. I'm going into fifth grade and I wanted to share with you my reading adventures book journal for kids. This book is a really fun idea. It's perfect for kids like me who have a goal of reading through the year and want to read many books, but also want to keep track of them. And later on, if I read them again, I can have different opinions. There's also a really cute feature in this book called the library card. It's in the front and you can use it to mark your achievements like there's finished 50 books, wrote my own short story, sent a letter to an author, and date completed. There's like so many 
fun things you can do. And also on the side of the book, the pages are rainbow. So it's really fun for kids. Do you think you'll use some of the book recommendations that she includes? I think that some of the books I'll try out on there. There are some recommendations where you can see some ideas of books you want to read in that genre if you're into one sort of type of book. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for telling us your thoughts on the reading journal, Annabelle. You're welcome. Bye. All right. I am back. That was so much fun to include my 10-year-old Annabelle and her thoughts on the My Reading Adventures journal. So hopefully that helps if you're looking to see if your kids might enjoy this. I also wanted to mention one other kids reading journal available because I've noticed it. I have not actually ever held it in my hand or ordered it. So I'm not going to do a formal review, but Erin Condren also does make a reading journal for kids. It's A5 size and it's $15, which is pretty reasonable. I don't know if it uses regular like EC paper that I love, but maybe it does. And so that is another spiral bound option if you are looking for a kids reading journal as well and you want to compare multiple options. Finally, I wanted to do a little mini review of the latest, one of the latest cultivated products, the Cultivated Reading Journal. Now, Cultivate What Matters makes my beloved Power Sheets, which is the goal-setting journal I've been using for a number of years. And it does seem like they are starting to diversify their offerings, which is really interesting. And I just hope it doesn't dilute the quality and the beauty of what they've been putting out with their Power Sheets and their Goal Planners, just because I love them so much. And so I hope they continue to get the attention they've been putting into it. But there's no reason for me to think that they won't. Anyway, so I decided I would order their reading journal just to compare it and see what it looks like. And this was sold for $24 and I believe it's sold out. So you can now, I think, get on a list to reorder it when it gets back in stock, but I don't think it's currently available on their website. My guess is that it will be back soon and that they just ordered like a small batch to see because it does sound like they are planning on restocking as soon as possible. So this is a little bit bigger in size. It's still not big. Actually, it's similar in size to the Bibliophile Reader's, Reader's Journal, which is probably around A5, and the, the My Reading Adventures and the other Ann Bogle Journal are a little bit smaller than that, but it's not super thick. It you know feels nice in the hand. It has a beautiful striking cover with like a floral design that kind of reminds me of like the movie Frozen, like kind of a Scandinavian look. The color is like a little bit of an oatmeal color and then there is some nice gilding on the cover as well and it says the cultivated reading journal it has a really pretty bookmark in like a lovely peach color so as usual the aesthetics in cultivated products i always think they're they put a lot of thought into like their color choices and their layouts and i also think the way that these pages are laid out is very consistent with kind of the style that cultivate uses for their power sheets and other things so I do like that they kind of didn't, you know, go super like far out from the way they usually present things. I do feel like the paper is not as luxurious as what you see in the power sheets. And that may may have been because they wanted to make the book fairly compact and it's still workable. It doesn't have a lot of show through. It doesn't bleed. But the power sheets paper is like a really luxe planner paper. And to me, this feels more like a regular book paper. There is a reading habit tracker to start, which is really cute. There are little bubbles that you can fill in for each day of the year. So that's nice and functional. Then there's an area for books you want to read. And that has a couple of pages. And then there are 100 pages of, you know, just tracking sheets for you to fill out for each book. 
they're functional, but you guys know what I'm going to say. There's no dot grid or line. So I would really struggle with writing on the bottom part where it says notes and quotes because my writing would go in every direction. It would make me not want to fill these pages out at all. Again, that might just be me, but if it's you, just beware. There are no dot grids or lines on here. And to me, that would be enough to keep me from wanting to use this as my primary reading journal. But if that doesn't bother you, it's otherwise a lovely layout. There's space for title, author, whether you bought, borrowed, listened, or reread when you started, when you finished, and then notes and quotes, and then there's some different rating scales along the bottom. One thing this book does not have in it is any book recommendations. So if you just want like a fresh, like you don't want to see a bunch of different titles, you want to pick your own titles and not have your book journal messing around with having a bunch of recs, this would be the one for you because the other two are filled with different recommendations. I love the recommendations currently, but this does make it a little bit more of an evergreen product in that way. There is a nice little checkoff sheet about cultivating your reading life and then places to kind of track your favorites toward the end of the book, as well as favorite quotes, and then some end of season reflections. I love that they lined the book with a beautiful peach color. So again, incredibly aesthetically pleasing this book. It does not lay flat as well as the other two. The spine is not bound in the same type of a way. And so I really, even with some pretty significant like pushing on the spine, I couldn't get it to lay as flat as the others. It's not like it like pops wide open or is problematic in any way. But if that matters to you, then that's also a potential issue with this one. This one's also a little bit more expensive than the other offerings. It sells for $24 at Cultivate What Matters, although they do sometimes have sales on Cultivate. Like I'm, I've seen commonly 15% off or 20% off. So obviously there's not really sales like that at Amazon. So that might bring the price closer to the other books. But yeah, I think all and any one of these could be really, really pleasurable to use. I guess I'd sum it up by saying if you're looking for wonderful book recommendations, the two Modern Mrs. Darcy titles would be my picks. So that would be my reading life, a book journal, and then for kids, my reading adventure. If you just want gorgeous illustrations and color illustrations and just inspiring little pictures of books and little fun facts, and you don't mind that there's only 65 book spaces, I'd pick the bibliophile. And if you just love the cultivated look, the cultivated lineup, you want your products to match, then you might want to check out the Cultivated Reading Journal. So I'd love to hear from you if you've tried any of these reading journals, if you have tried different ways of tracking your reading, if you just have a wonderful book recommendation for me, I am always open to hearing those. Please share them with me. You can always leave a comment on the show notes or email me at shoeboxblog at gmail.com, S-H-U-B-O-X-B-L-O-G at gmail.com. Or, of course, you can leave me an audio message either on the SpeakPipe app or just send me an audio file. I will have to work on getting, you know, some podcasts have like a number you can just text. I'm not about to give out my actual cell phone number, but I think there's some sneaky way of creating like a, you know, a fake number (laughs) that basically you could text me with anything. Because I think that would be really, really fun to hear from you guys via text. So I will work on that for a future episode. And if anybody has tips on how to do that, I will welcome that as well. So as always, if you can leave me a review, send me questions, send me planner piece submissions, I always welcome them. And I will be back next Monday with another fun planning episode and another guest. So I will be there then. Bye. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.